Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I'm Caleb Simmons. And I'm Joshua Simmons. We are two brothers who love fly fishing, our families, and our men of faith. But like most of you listening, we're still not experts on any of those subjects. So our hope is to speak with as many people that we believe are experts on these subjects and pose the questions that most of us are asking. So thanks for joining us along the journey as we seek to inspire and encourage dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, fatherhood, and faith on the fly. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I am Caleb Simmons, joined as always by my brother Joshua Simmons. How's it going, Joshua? What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's doing well out there, Caleb. Um, coming off a little spring break week, which we got some stories to tell on another episode in the future to uh, to recap our spring break. But wanted to give uh, just a little update on what's going on with one big event that we got coming up in May. Yeah, we're really excited. On May the nineteenth, we're going to be hosting the. Uh, F3T, that's the Fly Fishing Film Tour. It's going to be at Oscar Blues in Brevard, North Carolina. And Joshua, Dad's on the Fly is going to be there to emcee the event. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, dude, the event is just growing by the day. We're going to have um, some fly shops there. Going to be doing some casting demonstrations. So, like, if you bring your kids out early, get a chance to learn how to cast fly rods. Uh, we've got some uh, Trout Unlimited is going to be there, the Pisgah Chapter. They're going to have all their stuff set up. Uh, got some other vendors that were uh, in the fly fishing community. They're going to be there, and the raffle items, man, they're stacking up. It's going to be a pretty solid raffle. They're yeah. stacking up. We got some stuff from some of the sponsors of the show from that sponsored the F three T. Got some fishing trips in that raffle, dude. It's, it's going to be super cool. You you're going to want to be there that night. Uh, I think we're going to start kind of hanging out around five. Everybody's going to be set up, and then the films will start when it gets dusk. Duskish. Is yeah, it's an, it's an outdoor event. Uh, it's right there at Oscar Blues. It's going to be a really cool time just hanging out and getting to see some people in the fly fishing community. So if you're in Western North Carolina, we would love to see you. It's a totally free event. Just come out. Um, you buy raffle tickets and stuff like that if you get there and want to do that. But uh, for the most part, uh, it's a free event. Come hang out at Oscar Blues with us and with some amazing fly fishing community people and uh it's gonna be a really really great event yeah. we're excited about it all the raffle money that night will go to pisgah trout unlimited uh that's what we're trying to do is raise some money for those guys and you know upstate south carolina not that far just right there in brevard just come see us you know we got some friends that listen down in the greenville area so come up to the event it's gonna be really awesome man i'm getting fired up for it i'm gonna be working some more on it this week and uh if you know anybody who would like to show up and uh you know be involved Give us a shout out, uh, shoot us an Instagram message, and uh, we will gladly reach out to them. It's going to be a super cool event. Can't wait to reach down there with those guys. So, well, and one other thing before we dive into today's interview, uh, we are two weeks from the day from the first ever Dads on the Fly Father Son Retreat. Yes, sir. And we're so excited about that. So, for you guys that listen to us, uh, for um, you guys who have been with us for a while, you've probably heard us talk about this event. Uh, and we would just ask that you continue to. Uh, Think about us as we plan that event and get it fired up. We're excited for the dads that were coming in and going to be able to spend some intentional time with their sons for that weekend. So we just ask you to be, uh, if, you, if you're a praying person, be praying for them, be thinking about them as we're excited for uh, hopefully all the amazing stuff that's going to happen on that weekend. So before, oh, one more thing, man, just some, some cool news came to, to me this week. Uh, looks like I'm going to be able to tag along on uh, – on a little trip with my wife this summer. I just got a little work trip. 
I'm going to be down in Texas. So if you're a, a Texas listener uh, and, uh, you know, can lead me to so, some waters or some places because, um, you know, she's going to be doing some, some actual work for a couple of days and I'm going to be looking for some water fish. <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. If anybody's listening from Texas, give me a shout out. Uh, hit me up. Let me know where I, I should be. in Austin, correct? Yeah, let me know where I should be venturing um, while I'm down there because, you know, I'm going to be hitting some water up. So uh, tonight we have with us uh, Mr. Landon Myers. This is episode two of the Dads on the Fly Rod Builder series. First episode, man, so many great comments and reviews from our buddy Ed. Uh, a lot of people just reached out, said thank you for this. A lot of people who had not really even listened to us before and uh, found us through Ed. And Ed was just such a great guest. And tonight we have another awesome guest, Caleb, Mr. Landon Myers. Yeah, Landon is such a cool guy. Um, he's an engineer. Uh, he is a lead design engineer for G Loomis Rod Company. Um, I love what Landon talks about, kind of the behind the scenes of designing and developing these new products for G Loomis. And I also love his humility, again, as he talks about learning from some of the greats in the industry. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that in today's interview. And Landon is a father of a two, uh, and he actually was kind of listening and found us, and we reached out to each other and kind of got connected. And so that was kind of a cool part of the story, too. So we're excited about this middle part of this series. We've got one more episode next week uh, about fiberglass rods. So, uh, Caleb, I think if we're good. Yeah, let's uh, dive in now to our conversation with Mr. Landon Myers of G. Loomis. <laughs> Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Catch Cam Nets. Catch Cam Nets, where you can build your own net. It's your net, so you choose every feature. Check them out online at catchcamnets.com. Dads on the Fly is also brought to you by Trout Routes. Joshua, when we are looking for new places to go catch trout, I can think of no better resource to use than the Trout Routes app. It has been an awesome thing to help us find more trout to catch. Yeah, man, whether exploring new water or just being a new angler at all, Trout Routes now includes all of the lower 48 states on their amazing app that can be found anywhere you get your apps. So make sure and download Trout Routes today for all your fly fishing adventures. Well, hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us again on the Dazzle and Fly podcast. I'm Caleb alongside my brother, Joshua, and we are really excited to welcome to the podcast Mr. Landon Myers. Landon is the design engineer specialist at G. Loomis rod company landon thanks so much for being with us man man it's it's a pleasure thank you joshua thank you caleb for for having me on and for everything we've done up to this point yeah <laughs> man we glad uh, to be a part of what you guys are doing thank you so much just to let everybody know landon reached out to us via email um he found us i'm not even really sure how he found us and uh he reached out to us about some things we were doing and uh you know we're going to talk about it on the episode today uh, just about, you know, he's a young dad himself. He's got two, two young girls and I uh, like kind of what we were doing. And, um, we were like, wow, you're, you're at G Loomis and that was pretty cool. And before we get things started, Landon, just tell everybody how you got into, uh, to, to fly fishing. You said you were an outdoorsman from very young age, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I spent a lot of time, um, out in the Hills with my dad, um, about the time I was my girl's age, uh, he, he was really big into hunting. He, he would do hunting in Utah and Colorado and Wyoming. Um, so I got to go along in a little, little tent trailer for, for some of those trips. Um, uh, those were a lot of fun. 
um, by the time that uh, I got a little little bit older, um, he got me involved by helping me put in for for hunts in Colorado, and and we had a, our share of good times there. Um, but not not long after that, or kind of in conjunction with that, we started trying to find a few places to go fishing. Um, my dad does does business for a living, so he he spent some time traveling around Colorado, talking with a lot of people, and 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 doing so he was kind of privileged to hear about some some good fishing spots and then also do do some fishing on business as well um so he he fished some of those blue ribbon streams out in colorado um uh, just with business partners um and hearing about that i always wanted to get involved and and he was kind enough to to help me and and teach me a little bit then Um, so as an early teenager um got involved but honestly, my fly fishing started before that. Um, I actually was tying flies okay. before I ever put a fly rod in my hand. Oh wow! Um, I see the uh, I see the tying bench you guys have in, in the background there. It's um, a it's a beginner's tying bench. Let's let's make sure <laughs> most of our listeners are very aware of that because it's my tying bench, so they know that uh, Caleb is the more pro- prolific tire of the two of us. Um, so it's just some stuff to make it look like I know what I'm doing every now and then. This is kind of what's back up. <laughs> That's wild though. And so you, so you were tying flies before you ever fly fish. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, how, did that, was, how did that come about? I was, uh, I was like eight or nine years old. Um, my dad was kind of part of the, the scout leadership group in our congregation. And he took the time to, to drag me along with a lot of the older boys. Um, which was awesome. And just one particular trip, I remember we were out in, in Colorado and uh, there was one of the scouts that had his fly tying vice with him there at the cabin. Um, I was kind of artsy already as a kid. Um, so it just really like struck a chord with me like, hey, this is neat. Like, what are you guys doing over here? <laughs> as soon as soon as I as soon as I asked the question, they were they were happy to teach me how to tie a fly and, and did it there. And and not long after, I was asking for advice of my own, not really understanding the implications of where it would take me in my life. Wow, too cool, man! And uh, and so you you started tying, and then you started fishing. Uh, sounds like with your dad a good bit. Yeah, yeah, we went and fished the uh, Gunnison River in Colorado on a few occasions, and just that was their kind of the the closest. Uh, good good fly fishing we could get there from from where we were at in grand junction aside from the green river in utah kind of probably equal distance but um we chose the gunnison and that, awesome. that was fun and then uh so as as fly fishing sportsman how, how does it transition to uh i'm interested to know how do you become a engineer what was it a, an ing, design specialist correct? Yeah. That's what you are at G. So, Lewis. You're a design specialist. And uh, how does how does that morph from, you know, just being somebody is, who likes to tie flies into now you're designing rods, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is a culmination of two different parts of my life coming together, I believe. Um, I, I was always pretty dedicated to school um, and I was always encouraged to do well there and kind of took on to math and science um kind of kept with that strength all through school and and led into a degree in engineering um so i i went and studied engineering at utah state university 
um, did a bachelor's there. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to do a, a concurrent master's as well. And so background in material science, background in transfer, background in solid mechanics, um, all of the calculations that are associated with that, um, and then applying those principles of scientifics to design. The time I was in school, um, I had a handful of directions I could have gone with it. Um, and ultimately what it led to, uh, of course, mo mostly by inspiration, I think, um, the right people in my life uh, at the right time uh, to make it all come together the way it has, um, starting with a few of my study friends <laughs> that we would always go fishing together there on the Logan River in Utah, which is a fun stream to fish. Um, and uh, then my sister-in-law, who actually came came to the university a few years after I did, um, she joined what they call the Outdoor Product Design and Development Program at the university, um, which is kind of worlds apart from what I studied, mechanical engineering, but I I thought it sounded really neat and, and started thinking about that concept. And through seeing what she did um, with soft goods and apparel and bags and, and whatever else, prepared me to look at the outdoor industry um, and happened to to uh, find the hiring manager at G Loomis who was looking for a position at the same time I was done with school. And, and here we are. My three years of being here, I was spent a lot, a lot of time shadowing Steve Ray Jeff. He's the big name. He's the, he's the expert in what this company has been since 1982. Wow. Um, just knowledge. Uh, great to learn from him, both, on the fly casting side of things, mm -hmm. um, as well as what it means to design a G Loomis fly rod, conventional rod, bass rod, you name it. That's really cool. And that's one thing that if you, just to be honest, I did a lot more looking at G Loomis once I befriended Landon and we text and email back and forth. I just started to look more at what G Loomis has to offer. And obviously I was you know drawn to fly rods, but you guys do conventional tackle as well. And and uh, I think you're, you're well known for both, um, which is which is really cool. What does it look like? Um, and you you had mentioned how you, you you were mentored and how how cool that was for you to uh, to do that for for like a three year period and really just learn. And um, what does it look like to design? And you know you can go as you can nerd out as much as you want or not. We talk about that a lot on here. Like we nerd out a lot on fly tying. So, um, but what does it look like to design a rod? I mean, and and I know that some of your rods, well, you just came out with a brand new one. Um, but uh, what does that look like from your point of view? Um, when you when you when you guys think about a fly rod, uh, what do you think of first? What, what is the primary out of a fly rod that brings you value when you're out on the water? The primary, like the value of when I'm fishing a rod? Yeah. I, I mean, I like a rod that's going to cast well and, you know, that I can, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, maybe, but I, I feel like I'm probably not an expert enough to say, what would you, I, mean, I, want, to, I want to be yeah, able I mean, to cast well. <clears throat> I want and, to be able to present a fly well and I want to be able to fight a fish well. Yeah, and it, to have the stability to fight fish. Yeah. Yeah, so... Both of those things, they, they split out into, I guess, what we call action and power. Um, 
we, uh, Steve Rajeff himself, um, was very much um, keyed into the, the fly rod action that, that we're designing here. Um, he would go and, and test multiple iterations here in the grass, um, multiple iterations out at the lake here in town. Um, and he could pick it up and, and in 30 seconds know what he was going to do by the time he when, when he got back to his desk, back to the drawing board. Um, That's wild. And so it, 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 was, it was great to be able to stand there with him casting hear what he's talking about, about these, these actions that we're designing or, or even the power itself um, down into the butt section as we're pulling on weights and whatnot, um, is to feel it real time and to hear his exit precise feedback um, and try and notice that uh, through my own senses. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, um, you think about a rod and how that's so important, like feeling that fish all the way down into to the butt section of the rod. And I feel like, to be honest, as a, we talk about this a lot on our show, Caleb, we don't, we're way far away from professionals. Like we are average fly guys. That's what we've always said. We're average fly fishermen. We wanted this show to be built around. And I think as a new, when I first got into fly fishing, I don't know, it's, first time you get into anything you don't really understand the difference does that make sense mm-hmm. like you're just casting a fly rod whatever you can get for 100 bucks or two or you know a combo set somewhere and you're just trying to learn and fighting fish and you think it's awesome and as you stay in it longer does that make sense like you begin to appreciate these things more Absolutely. would you speak to that landon like even in your line of work i'm sure if you touch a fly rod and cast it you could tell way more about it than i can <laughs> yeah yeah at, at this point I'll say you probably gave me more credit than than is due. Um, <laughs> we're we're all here learning, doing research, yeah. um, product research, studies on previous G Luma's products that performed really well, um, trying to nail down that that secret sauce for what the next greatest product is going to look like, and and we don't even know. Um, it, what that's going to be until until we uh, go out to a field test and and feel what it is that, that is the result of the direction we've decided to take on a particular product. And each product is different. Yeah, for um, sure. Each product falls into its own category of what you're trying what to do. Yeah, we yeah. prioritize on those. So um, kind of a day in the life here is doing doing just that. Like, yeah prioritizing what what it is we want on the product um and then trying to turn the right knobs that we have in our power here so um so you mentioned that i'd love to ask about that because uh you know you're you're designing rods for for anglers you're you're trying to design certain specifications for each one you know i'm sure you're making rods with slower slower actions and faster actions and more supple and you know uh, rods for bigger fish, saltwater rods and things like that. So what knobs are you adjusting? <laughs> Cause I would love to know that. Like how, what things are you doing as you're developing these rods? All right. Um, man, we, we can nerd out a little bit. It's day. okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's okay. It. Um, because I, I think it's really interesting, you know, as a, as a novice angler, just a weekend warrior type guy, um, you 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 are getting into the weeds of all this stuff and i'm just the end user who's 
adjusting to whatever I get presented with. And, and I'm going to a fly shop and picking up a fly rod and casting it a few times and trying to decide, do I like that? Do I not like that? But I think it's really interesting to know what are the things that are actually different about certain rods that make them feel different when you cast them and when you fight fish on them. Yeah. So starting out, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that uh, the more I learn, the, the more I um, see how similar um, all of the fishing rod manufacturers are. Um, there's a, there's a lot of similarities. So even maybe what I plan to talk about here is something that could come across from any, any rod factory out there. Um, it kind of boils down to the, uh, diameters we associate with our tooling. So we have what are called mandrels, um, in our case and, and is the case with other rod manufacturers, they're tapered. Um, in our case, we do multi-taper mandrels. Um, so we machine or grind the steel. We don't do it ourselves, but we, we order ground steel mandrels to be the right tapers for the right test that we want to run or the right tapers for the particular fishery. Um, the power that we want to achieve, the, the wall thickness that we're aiming to achieve mm-hmm. for a given rod blank. Um, and those blanks is basically the main business portion. So that's where we put most of our effort uh, right there. And I think that's where a lot of the value is felt in, in the G Loomis rods as well. Um, the way we incorp- incorporate multiple tapers into the mandrels multiple tapers into even our patterns that we cut. So we cut patterns out um, of graphite materials um, that have resin systems in them. Um, We have fiberglass materials that we incorporate into some some designs. Um, Just a a mix of all this, a lot of them are specialty. Some of them we get specialty is from from aero grades, aerospace grade material manufacturers. So combination of all of that gives us at least the toolbox we need to be successful here. Um, And we, we kind of send those designs um, to the next level by working together with our process engineering team um, to find how each of our designs are going to fit on the longstanding tooling and manufacturing equipment that we have out in the factory. I love uh, what your web, like just go to your website just to talk about G Loomis for a second, which I'm sure you would love to do. Um, one of the things when you go to about your about us on your website, it just talks about motivation and uh, it talks about how, you know, blending those together um, that all anglers have it. And that that's what G Loomis is trying to do. And it, it talks about in there, like technology, uh, technology, innovation to design together, like three equal parts. And, um, I know just in our brief experience, man, just being real with you, you know, we had not fished a G Loomis rod mm-hmm. till, uh, till Landon was kind enough to, uh, to get us a couple to try out. And I mean, to me, there's, there's ways to look at it. I, I could immediately feel a difference in my, my budget rod. We'll call it that, uh, that I, that I fish for sure. Casting it. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a visual guy, but I like the way things look and. God, it just looks sweet in my hand too, and I don't know that I, that mattered to me a little bit. I mean, it's it's cool. I I thought it was a fun got the rod for the right picture, right? Like, you got well, to I mean, sure. I don't think about it that way, but it was it was just all of that kind of came together in those rods. And um, 
I was just real impressed with him, man, and we appreciate that so much. And just to let everybody know, you know, I've fished the uh, Diamex Pro, uh, the four weight, and and you guys have just come out with. I was pulling up on the website the uh, IMX Pro Volume Two. Is that is that the correct yeah. terminology there? Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, we've been calling it V two here for the longest time. Okay, it's that's what is mean, meant to meant to say Volume Two, Version Two, whatever you whatever you want to attribute to that V. Um, not even specific, I don't think at this point. But we've uh, yeah, we've designed these to be be a step above the those long standing IMX Pro rods. Um, basically to with with the key aim to enhance angler performance with these ones um what we've done here is adjusted the blanks adjusted the materials um to provide an action um that bends through the tip through the second through the third um through the casting stroke especially with uh with some scientific anglers mpx lines um those are those are some lines that we tested them with um, to to create that um, effortless loop, uh, an effortless tight loop. And I, I can say that, that I just uh, actually bought my own today. Uh, <laughs> I bought the 590 model and, and I'm kind of geeking out over it. Went out during my lunch break today to go cast it in the yard just to, to have some fun with it. But uh, yeah, those things cast effortlessly. Um, you guys ought to go check them out, and particularly when you're talking about uh, holding holding one in your hand, like liking the way you way it looks. You should check out the V2 Salt models. Okay. Um, we have we have an industrial designer here. Um, her name's Annie Robinson, and she she was like the key player in getting that cosmetic to to look the way it does. Uh, we have a color that, that we're we're proud of here, Neptune Blue, and she's made that color on the on those blanks shimmer on the on the south florida salt flats nice so <laughs> the awesome. uh, so the i the new v2 you have uh you have it all ranges like it goes up through the salt game too yeah it does so we we have uh all, all the trout models you can imagine um freshwater models up through eight weight um and then we also have salt water so really cool. saltwater models ranging from six weight all the way up to 12 weight. Too awesome. um, we've also included some trout spay. I don't know if you guys do trout spay or have heard of that. Heard of it, but yeah. haven't gotten into it yet. That's a, that's a fun one to get into. Um, a lot of guys for a long time have been doing spay fishing out here in the Northwest for salmon and steelhead. Yeah. Um, but spay casting technique can be applied to trout and those models we've got there specifically a two weight through a four weight are, are more geared to those trout streams. That's really cool. Well, man, uh, we'd love to talk a little bit more about G Loomis before we take a break and get a little bit more into your story. Um, but, uh, what kind of, if you could say this, what sets G Loomis maybe apart? Like what, what is it like if we're looking at a rod, why would you say we should, we should really consider checking out G Loomis? You know, um, we have a saying around here, uh, actions speak louder than words. Um, I believe 100% that that's true, that uh, what Steve Rajeff has been able to do here through his time and dedication and knowledge, wealth of knowledge from the competitive fly casting environment that yeah. he was in, 
um, just gives us all of the documented designs that anyone would ever need to define what a good fly rod action is. Um, so over the years, and, and especially the last five years, they've been been able to put out some really, really good products that kind of are the the name name of the game. Um, and anything that Steve Ray Jeff signs off on, nobody questions. So, <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh. Yeah. So in, in learning with him, um, that that's the start of it. Um, but kind of one level. Um, I guess peeling back one one more layer there is that uh, incorporates all of these materials, the suite of materials. We've probably got a couple dozen materials we have to choose from here um, that we've been purchasing some for a long time, others that we've had less than a year um, uh, that we draw on to get certain characteristics in the rods. Um, and then the mandrels here. That, that we've designed um, specifically thin wall construction. Uh, so the combination of the high strength, high tensile strength materials with the thin wall construction allows us to reduce weight. Um, and that just adds to the game of sensitivity, especially when you can get something as stiff as what, what we put on some of these rods. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to ask you um, before we take a break was, you mentioned in an email to me, like the casting time that you got, right? Um, yeah. With Steve and how much that like kind of improved, improved yourself, correct? As an, as an angler, just to do that casting. Cause I think, I think, you know, like if I go out and cast a rod and then I pick up another rod and cast it, I'm going to feel certain things, but people who are doing this like every day for a career or like gods or these guys that are, you know, make a living fly fishing, they're going to notice a lot more than I do. And, when you did all that, you talked about like a, this kind of uh, just this all this different casting instruction. Did that? Did you really see that change for yourself? Yeah, we did. It man, it kind of took took me the baseball day uh, to be honest. Like sitting out there, being coached by somebody who you know you can, um, and uh, out there we we actually, uh, for your knowledge, we we would go out like every Wednesday over lunch to the in town for for the course of at least a year and just cast wow. like just cast for the sake of casting too cool and and steve would pick a handful of rods that he wanted us to feel out that day and and have him and say hey look for this like feel for this what are you thinking here um and then he'd uh, critique our form as well um, nice so so I was able to pick up on a few things. One positive thing that uh, that was really um, awesome for me was to, to find that Steve casts with the same hand that I do, and he also turns his drag on the reels to the same uh, retrieve that I do. So that was that was really convenient. I could cast any rod that Steve did, and it felt natural to me. That's uh, really good. Too cool. There man. are there are a few other people other over here that are the opposite way. <laughs> feel bad for them. That's funny. That's funny. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, this has been really neat to hear a little bit about G Loomis and about what you do there. Um, I, I find it super interesting, and I'm sure we could geek out even further about uh, just how these rods are. I just are built and created. I don't know how much I would understand. Just being honest. Yeah, I, mean, I know I'm that, sure like, it would be so far above our pay grade. And it fishes, and I'm like, now I know a little bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure 
as he should. Landon knows way more, and he, that's what he said. <laughs> um, the engineering background for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank thank you. I think that's what we wanted to do with this series. Um, was you know we talking to Landon as a, a mainly as a graphite rod designer and uh, to how those graphite rods and just to hear him talk about how it goes down and to you know to make that feel man from the yeah. tip to the butt like is is so cool. That is really neat. Well, uh, Landon, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back and talk to you a little bit more about your story. And uh, you've got two uh, awesome daughters, and uh, we want to hear a little bit about them and a little bit about getting uh, them out on the water as well. So we're going to take a short break, and then we will be right back. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Maggie Valley Fly Shop. Maggie Valley Fly Shop is your go-to stop in western North Carolina for all your fly fishing needs. Whether you're looking to book a guided trip or you're wanting to go catch some gear that you may need before you hit the stream, hop into Maggie Valley Fly Shop, grab a cup of coffee, get all the gear you need, and go enjoy a great day on the water in western North Carolina. You can also check them out online at maggievalleyflyshop.com. And we are back with Landon Myers from G. Loomis. Landon, we appreciate you joining us tonight. In our second half of the episode, we always like to take um, some time and talk to our guest about their experience in fatherhood. And I know it's something that we had talked about via email, um, through some text messages back and forth about getting our kids out. And uh, so first of all, man, you are the proud father of, of two girls. So you're a true all-girl dad at the moment. Yeah. And uh, what is that like? What does that mean to you to uh, to be a dad to, to two girls? And how cool is that experience for you? You know, it's awesome. Um I guess to start out, um, also centered in my faith, I, I feel it like incredibly amazing that God, my heavenly father would trust me with a couple of girls in, in today's world. Um, right. so for starters, that, that, that's a big one for me. Um, and then my, my whole experience with having girls, um, I, I tell people all the time that it's my comfort zone. I, I grew up with two younger sisters. Nice. You um, there was no short shortness of drama in the household, so <laughs> it's it's something that I've learned to learn to cope with uh, from an early age, and uh, and and tried to become a peacemaker in in as many scenarios as I could. Um, and and honestly, that rolls over quite nicely. Oh, it's it's really going to roll over nicely in about. And what do you say there? They're two and four. Yeah, yeah, those skills are really going to come in. I teach uh, eighth grade, so about uh, about know, ten years, about eight to ten years, <laughs> you're you're going to really be testing those skills. It's going to be fun, and I'm kind of like you, man. Being a a girl dad in today's world, that that's a great point you make. Um, but obviously, you know, God knew what He was doing because you had that experience with your sister, so he 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 knew he knew you were ready for it. But that is a, a an awesome way to look at it. That you know, and it is a a challenge. It's a challenge too, for sure um daily as as a father um boys or girls just a father in general to in the world that we live in today to to raise our kids in the right way and uh, i know you're passionate about getting them outside um what are some things that that you've done yourself um i know you sent me a text a couple days ago um, about you know just being out with them even at a young age yeah um man here in the pacific northwest it's kind of you kind of have to capitalize on the sunny days Mm -hmm. um especially this time of year as we're kind of creeping up on summer, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so we had like two or three Sunday days in the row in a row. We capitalized on that, got out and, and hiked up to a waterfall. Um, awesome. 
through through the girls in the backpacks. Nice. And we're on our way. Actually, my oldest Emery, she she walked the whole way up, like the whole two miles. Nice. That's to, awesome. Up that's, to the waterfall. So kudos to her. Yeah. Um, she got her feet wet, so I didn't want her to get blisters coming down. <laughs> so we stuck her in the backpack on the way down. But um, yeah, things like that. Capitalizing on those moments um, when when the opportunity presents itself and we get out on the water too, sometimes when, when we, when we have a chance. So we hadn't got really talk about that in the first half of the episode. We were talking so much about rod, rod making and building, but uh, as when you get out on the water with, with your daughters or, or yourself, what kind of fishing does, uh, do you like to do? And then maybe what kind of do you like to do? And then maybe secondly, what kind of you found it most uh, comfortable to do, do with your young young girls all right um answering both of those questions they're they're worlds apart what i like (laughs) to do is small stream fly fishing back as far as i can go um and oftentimes that doesn't uh bode well for the girls so we do it differently when we're with them um actually the most time we spent with the girls on the water um is here in town at, at Horseshoe Lake here in Woodland, um, spending time on the stand-up paddleboard. Oh, wow. And then uh, we also got um, out on the East Fork of the Lewis River, which is here close to, I live like just a five-minute walk from the East Fork of the River, of the Lewis River. Um, and so there's a, there's a nice little landing down there that you can um, launch your paddle boards and, and boats from so there was a day we took and floated from there down to the the state park um got to a point where we created a massive raft out of my uh, classic accessories colorado pontoon boat and the stand-up paddle board underneath I love <laughs> so it. that the girls could stand in the middle yeah, yeah okay. that's great okay we're gonna have to break this down uh so we got a we got a paddle board in the middle yeah yeah, so you, you know what a pontoon boat looks like. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Straddle. We're low country South Carolina boys here. We've pontooned yeah, you, for a long time. You straddle that pontoon boat, or you straddle that paddleboard or the pontoon boat, and you've got yourself a little family raft. Dude, I love it. That's pretty <laughs> phenomenal. You have pictures of this. We may we may need some proof. We need to show some guys how to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll send you a few pictures. Yeah, we'll have to check out the <laughs> pictures good, of man. the pontoon. The pontoon uh, paddleboard. That's really cool, man. But, I mean, I love that. you got to get innovative with kids, right? I mean, you got to make it work to where they can have a good experience. And it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. kind of the most important thing, right? Especially when moms go. Or if moms get pictures later. So, uh, we got to make <laughs> sure it's safe. Um, that's really cool. So you've had some chance to get them out on the water. Uh, what what benefit is that to you? I mean, do you think that's just great for them at this age? Um, are you seeing the benefits of that already? Um, well, you know, they honestly love to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah like it, it, Emery's old enough that she now understands, you know, like when I'm at work, I'm doing a lot of thinking about fishing. Um, <laughs> and when, I, when I bring anything home, that's in a tubular structure case or anything, <laughs> she knows, she knows exactly what it is. Um, she asks me about it. So, um, that's fun. Um, and, and the water itself, I, I'm trying to, trying to think the other day, what was it? 
I don't know. I can't remember. We'll have to scratch that one. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, uh, she, you just talked about him being on the water and, uh, and how cool it is to be outside with him. But w- one thing you mentioned to me, uh, I think it might've been through our phone call when we first did this. And, you know, this episode has been a long time coming. We've been talking to Landon for quite a while, either uh, email or phone calls. And, uh, you, you had, a, I, I could feel like a passion that you have about this, uh, this breaking these barriers for, uh, for females in the outdoor world or in your world that you work in. And, uh, so speak a little bit to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a long time, I think that some of these outdoor sports had been stereotypically uh, a, a men, a male sport of thing. Um, and I, I think that's no longer, um, but there are still some lingering effects, I think. Um, being that what I experienced, it's, it's very personal and it's it's very core to, to my relationship is to my wife's patience for fishing is not as long as my patience and, and her interests in the actual aspect aspects of fishing are different than mine or she, she's motivated differently, which is hundred percent. Okay. Just that I guess I can't count on every bit of my fishing trip being fulfilled if I'm going to, going to invite her along. So things change, th- things adjust. Um, we make decisions a little bit differently surrounding that um, just to make sure everybody can remain happy and fulfilled in the activities we choose to do together. So. That's cool. So uh, do, you, do you have like a passion behind that? I guess just obviously because you're raising two daughters and you want them to be able to experience the outdoors one day as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, Raising them, if I if I show them the right experiences, I believe that they'll have have every bit of uh, interest in things that we can share together. Yeah. Um, right now, we're talking about fish, fishing. If I if I motivate them to go and, and show them good experiences, then they'll they'll want to go even more. I'm sure. Um, so that's that's what I've been trying to key on key in on. Um, got some plans in the books to to try and get them out on some pan fish or something yeah man so it's a great way to start it's called like the gateway a, drug nothing like <laughs> a pan fish for a little kid on a popping bug or or a dry fly uh that's definitely the way that they i think first get the the fever for sure absolutely um and i think it's important what you said uh we've seen that in the people we've come in contact with on the podcast just in the way kind of the uh, even some of the guests we've had, the, the notable guests we've had that are talking about how fly fishing is changing. It's getting younger. It's getting more diverse, and and I think that's a good thing. We've all agreed on that. That's a good thing. I know I believe wholeheartedly it's a good thing. And and as a, a dad of a daughter, it's important to me. I can tell it's important to you, Landon, that they can see um, seeing women, uh, you know on some of these videos like we're going to see in a couple weeks on the f3t and we've even talked to a couple people i already know there's going to be some like that and seeing uh females doing catching these big fish or or experiencing these things for the first time um it's really cool that you say that it's one thing that i wanted to make sure we spoke on because i I knew you were passionate about it and because you see the industry different from from what we do you know it's just like caleb said we can wear and you see it different and i'm I'm glad that you're seeing that change and I, i appreciate you bringing that up yeah, no, and there, there's even those uh, other companies out there pushing for this as well. 
um, there's the there's the fifty fifty on the water. Yeah. Uh, and there's yeah. this goal of of having equal representation, gender wise. Um, another personal experience of mine is uh, being out there at six a.m., seven a.m. first light deer season with my dad, just he and I on the side of the mountain. Um, and, and hearing his profound words of saying, you know, Landon, you're pretty lucky. Not a lot of people get to do this in their lives. Uh, I think that's, I think that it's amazing uh, today that there are groups um, and individuals who are reaching out to, to those, be it minorities, be it people who are in the city that don't have access to the outdoors to be able to get them involved yeah. in, in yeah. ways that they otherwise would not be. Um, starts with girls and women maybe and, and ends it the last cheap. Yeah. <laughs> if you will. No, man, I think that's, I think that's really good. And I think you're right. I mean, we are, we're very privileged to be able to, to enjoy the outdoors in the way we do. Not everybody gets those opportunities. And uh, I think it's really special that, that there are so many organizations out there that are trying to, make it more um make it more fathomable for people to be able to have these types of experiences mm-hmm. yeah yeah we uh we wanted to make sure and give give you a chance to do this you spoke about it kind of at the beginning of this uh segment but um as a believer um being outside uh you know you said god's blessed you with two daughters um obviously a wife and a, a great family and, and a cool job <laughs> Uh, for sure. I will, I will say it's a pretty cool job. You're casting on lunch breaks. Me and Caleb were talking about off <laughs> yeah. there. It'd be fun to spend a year of lunch breaks just casting fly rods with a legend. And it being uh, part of work. And like, it being work. Yeah, we're working here. Um, so uh, just just what is it? I wanted you to speak just for a second on, on your faith and, and what how pa- important that is to you um, in, in all that you do. Yeah. Um, man, I will say that it, it is very much a part of me and, and it helps me maintain a balance in my life. Um, man, I heard someone on one of your previous, previous podcasts mentioned, you know, like chasing steelhead can end a lot of marriages. Chasing steelhead can, can be the demise of a lot of families. Um, and, and I think that's very much true. Uh, you have to have to have that balance. Um, and, and God gives me that, um, God helps me to understand where my duties lie mm. and, and, and where my priorities are. Um, and I, that starts with family. Um, my faith journey um, just happens to start as a young kid, um, having parents that were willing to teach me about God and to teach me about my relationship to God and, and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and through my growing up years to, to learn um, what it meant to make covenants with God, uh, what it meant when, say, the prophets of old were, were made promises from God. And, and these things all help bind us together. Um, having faith that there is a God out there and knowing that through certain actions and decisions I make in my life can bind me to him. Um, is it a comforting feeling, um, especially to know that God is all knowing that he loves perfectly and that he can take care of you, um, 
to bind myself to him is almost the only way to do life, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good truth in that. And as a fathers, um, <laughs> that's something that, you know, sometimes I think we, we forget that, um, we, we need, we need to probably just sometimes do a better job of that. And, um, as a, as a, as raising kids and the emotions of that, um, it's kind of like the emotions of fishing. <laughs> it's just, you, they're, they're just going to go, uh, back and forth. And, uh, we appreciate you saying that, man. It, it means a lot, uh, hearing that from you, um, and what you do and, and in, in your line of work to, to be that witness, man, this is strong stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Landon, this has been great, man. I really do appreciate what you just said. And I think, uh, I think it's really important for us to, to be mindful of, you know, uh, you got a really cool job that allows you to really stay connected with fly fishing and, uh, and a lot of us don't have that, but we all have the ability to, to, as you said, um, keep our priorities in order. I love what you said, um, that, that, that God has really shown you, you know, what, what you need to do to be able to to be the type of father that you want to be or and ultimately that he wants you to be um and i think that's really i think that's really good well thanks guys yeah man Landon, this has been great uh before we kind of wrap up this conversation uh, uh anything else anything else joshua i think we're good um landon i appreciate it we want to let everybody know that um you know if you have questions about uh anything at g loomis um, what's the best way to kind of go about that, Landon? I mean, I'm sure you guys have teams and all kinds of people you can talk to. Um, you've kind of heard the insides, the behind the scenes of what's going into these new uh, these new V2s and uh, some of their other rods. You can get online, glumas.com. Uh, you can find them pretty much everywhere on social media, glumas. Um, if you're out there uh, looking for, you know, a rod. I, I saw one thing when you guys released the, the V2 on Instagram. I think there was a, a great comment by somebody just like, you know, this has always been the – I guess it was their favorite rod and that that you were still doing it for that that price point that wasn't that's like a price point of such an affordable option for for a lot of different people and i think somebody was speaking to that and so uh definitely say go check out g loomis guys yeah we're we're getting a lot of good feedback on the on that v2 series <laughs> for for that uh offering um at that price point so i i think the guys are gonna like it um my own experience today, being able to be here at the factory, um, go out there into the finished goods sections and, and pick out a, a rod by hand of, of my choice. Oh, man, that's cool. That, that has a wood grain pattern that I like because <laughs> that's awesome. You know, um, that honestly, that's an experience that everybody else can have too. Um, just got to make friends with the guy behind the desk at the fly shop. Yeah. So get out there get out there in the fly shops support support those guys for sure man. <laughs> well Landon, this has been great and uh we really appreciate your time hanging out with us tonight and uh thanks everyone for listening and uh go check out g lomas and uh until next time tight lines thank you for listening to this episode of the dads on the fly podcast we hope this episode has inspired you as a parent or an angler if you've enjoyed this episode, please check us out at dadsonthefly.com. There you can subscribe to our email list and find out all the things we got going on here at Dads on the Fly.